0: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Will at and today joined by Dave Prentice, Sam Carroll and Gav Buckland to chew the fat over all the major talking points at Goodison Park. And as always, plenty to get our teeth stuck into. There's a game to look back on, an excellent victory at Leeds and I'm sure... Gavin and Preno in their wisdom will remind us of it's a rarity of victory at Ellen Road. And of course, a game to preview another big game. They're th- coming thick and fast, aren't they? A trip to Old Trafford on Saturday night, Everton going to Manchester United. Um, but we'll start at Ellen Road. Um, Carlo
1: Ancelotti, Preno, said it was the best result of the season. <laughs> yeah, t- to me, it's just indicative of what a really strange season it's been. That we can, you know, follow up such a wretched performance against Newcastle with such a good result and performance for large parts of the game uh, against Leeds. First off, with excellence, it really was good stuff to watch. Uh, you know, so good football, really intense, which it has to be and which it should be as a matter of course. But the one issue we seem to have with this Everton team at the moment is they're capable of producing really good performances against almost anybody, but not capable of maintaining it consistently. Uh, but we got it, you know, so on a Wednesday night, great first half performance, but second half proved what they can do, you know, when they put them onto it in terms of defensive application, had to defend, had to defend really well and did so. And I know Ben Godfrey got all applauded, and rightly so, but I thought it was a really good team defensive performance. And I was quite, no doubt, that we'll come on to it later, uh, but quite in- interested with what Carlo Ancelotti had to say afterwards about Guilty Sigurdsson in terms of his defensive, you know, sort of performance, given that he was playing number 10 um so yeah it was it all in all it was a, a great performance and as you hinted at earlier a rare you know opportunity to come away from Ellen Road smiling uh I've had too few of those down the years and everybody in the media seems to be quite keen to remind us that it was a rarity I mean no it's been 14 years or so since we've last been there so yeah of course it's rare but I take you know in the grand scheme of things that it doesn't happen very often for some reason Ellen road has been one of those stadia that we've always seemed to struggle at. but we didn't you know we got a great result Best of the season, possibly. I, I don't know about that. There's been a number of other highlights this season, but yeah, maybe in terms of like what it followed, possibly it was. We had to get get back on the uh, get back in the saddle very very quickly, and we did really really well. So yeah, great results. We thoroughly enjoyed it, and it's all down to Sam's nan, isn't it?
2: <laughs> Big prediction.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Sam, I'll come back to you in a sec. Gav, uh, did did we play that well last time we won at Ellen Road?
3: Uh, not as well. That was Dwayne Rooney, one, wasn't it,
1: 2002?
3: Yeah. Um, no, it was a, that was a tight, typical Moyes, early boys away performance, wasn't it? Keep it tight and stay like, later on. Um, Leeds were strong, I and mean, you're playing a poor league team. They escaped with allegation last couple of games of the season, so you're playing a far better Leeds team, better coach Leeds team. So, yeah, um, it's probably our best results ever at Elland Road. to be fair. Yeah. Uh, because on you've
1: Give us your stats, which really impressed me that night.
3: Well yeah, yeah, just after half time, it was like thirty seven minutes we've held the lead and I know is the longest time we've ever held it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Staggering. Uh, yeah,
3: and, and the worst thing about it leads scored straight away. <laughs> and, you know, and I thought, oh no, I put the mockers on us here, you
1: know.
3: Yeah. Well I can I, I you know what i say, I thought it was a fantastic thing. Yeah. I thought it was a brilliant match. I mean, that's one of the best Everton games we've seen in the Premier League for a long, long time. And in terms of the the two teams are matched up, in terms of individuals that match matched up, you could tell by Bielsa's held in such high regard because he just he tested in different ways to so other coaches that you've probably not seen before as a, as a team. Carl used all his experience. Um, it was high energy for 90 minutes. No, Nobody played. Poorly on either team. It was just I just thought it was a brilliant game, um, and for, and also as well, unusually, there wasn't that many chances in the great scheme of things, was it? For the free flowing game, the number of chances were quite rare. Seeing so, you know, Wilson had a, a flurry of saves in the second half. I just thought it was a you know, as good a game as what you'll say in the Premier League, and uh, in that context, to win, I I, I think I think Leicester away is probably our best of the season. Uh, to be fair, I thought we were superb that night, but. In terms of game of the season, uh, it, was, uh, it was it was it was to me. going back. Moyes last season we drew nil nil at Arsenal in a, in a, in the April, and it was a very that was a very similar game, and it was nil nil, and there was about three chances in the entire game, and it got one of the Guardian's six best games of the season. Oh. Just just the way the two teams cancelled each other out, know, the way individuals played really well, and and um you know sort of. Tackled each other, you know. Tackled each other's sense of weaknesses and tested each other during the game, and that was a similar similar on Wednesday. Great, result, great game and, and very good commentary, by the way, for watching at home. I thought it made the change really good commentary. Excellent,
0: Sam. Have you ever made a uh, fifteen-second quadruple save quite like uh, Robin Olsen did?
2: <laughs> no, I was. Uh, to be honest, it's weird because because we're me and Adam, obviously living together. We've got. Uh, I don't even know what watching like now TV or something. And we're not even like thirty seconds behind. We're like in the first half while everyone else is in the second half. So <laughs> we were kind of <laughs> we were kind of seeing all the, but it, it is quite good because like because you're there, Phil. You'll tweet like goal and you can kind of get yourself prepared, you know, for what's it's great when Everton's scored anyway. But you know everyone's tweeting like, oh my god, Olsen, un- unbelievable and all stuff like that, and you're waiting for it. But still, even then when you seeing it with your own eyes, it was it was brilliant winning and. To be honest, I do. I think uh, me and Prenno have both kind of stuck up for stuck up for Jordan Pickford over certainly the last twelve or eighteen months, haven't we? Um, but I, I probably now I'm just in the thing of he's just a simple goalkeeper, really, isn't he? he just does his jobs. He he, he kind of doesn't look like he makes any of his defenders nervous, and then he he can come up with the sublime like that. You know, he's a big fella. He got down so well for the first one, then the reactions to get back up and clear it away. And then the bravery of the third one, it, it had absolutely everything that, that those first three saves, and then and then there was another one right after it. So um, I think right now, I think Carlo, judging from what he says at his press conference today, is, is just gonna keep rotating until the end of the season. And I don't think we'll ever maybe find out who is number one, number two, if it'll be quite as uh, strict as that. But for, for me right now, I'd I'd probably start considering Olson as a above Pickford in the pecking order, and if there's a big game. I'd probably turn to, to Olsen at the moment and maybe a little bit unlucky there was nothing Pickford could have done against Newcastle about the goals but, you know, it hasn't been a great 12 months for him and, and Olsen just seems to have that kind of assuredness that that we've been looking for for a while.
0: Mm. So ju- just staying with you, Sam, because Carlo has confirmed that Jordan's uh, injured and he'll miss the game again but if Pickford had been fit, you would have gone with Olsen at Old Trafford tomorrow?
2: I think so, yeah. I think that Obviously, Olsen, was, I think Olson said it himself, hasn't he? He was told that he would get game time uh, by coming to Everton. You know, it was quite surprising when we signed a goalkeeper because uh, we already had, you know, Jonas Lossell as backup and uh, Joe Virginia was knocking about as well. But, you know, he's came in, every game he's played in, he's he's looked good. I think I've seen, I've seen a, a couple of weird shouts about, you know, the saves came from his own mistake, which I thought was quite harsh. You know what I mean? I think you're still going to make the save after it. You know, what was he going to do? Just, just let it in kind of thing. And, um, (laughs) and I've seen also a few people maybe kind of questioning his distribution, but I think whatever it needs at the moment, you know, we've got ball playing defenders now as, as Ben Godfrey has shown, you know, you don't need, you know, you don't need your goalkeeper to be Edison or Allison. you know, not every team needs that as long as you've got the outfield players to do it. So yeah, I I would, I would have kept Olson in there anyway. And, I don't know. I think we've spoke about it on the podcast before. I'm not I'm not a massive believer in rotating goalkeepers, and I'm not kind of sure how we'll ever be able to measure if it does good or, or bad for people, really, in, in the in the long run. But uh, it will be interesting. When, I think when Pickford comes back, if we're still in the same form that we're in now, you know, and there's genuine big games, you know, we need to beat, you know, say Liverpool and Anfield. That's coming up, isn't it? it? It it will be a big kind of decision for Ancelotti of, of who he goes for in those matches.
0: Hmm. So just in summary, Sam, a former goalkeeper, not in favour of rotating goalkeepers? Hmm. <laughs> it was,
2: you were f- <laughs> ruthless with me. I don't know why
0: they're changing now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Preno, Carlo said something uh, when he was asked about Olsen, the difference between Olsen and Pickford the other week. He said Jordan maybe has more individual qualities. Well, Jordan would have been more than happy to have made those saves that Olsen made, wouldn't he?
1: yeah i mean it's it, it's what you want from your goalkeeper at this moment in time i mean i totally take what carlo Ancelotti says on board there for me jordan pickford is capable of the the more spectacular you know incredible saves that will you know stop an absolutely you know near certain goal but he's much more capable also of making a clangor which cost you a goal whereas robin olsen maybe not quite as likely to make those you know absolutely blinding saves but is general. Demeanor is more reliable, uh, less spectacular, more reliable. His distribution isn't as good as Pickford's. Few goalkeepers are, and uh, yeah, you can understand that why people are saying, "Well, okay, that um, you know, those that triple save, if you like, came from you know, so a rare, you know, dodgy kick out." But you just he exudes reliability and assurance at the moment. And to me, given where we are on the table, that that's probably more valuable at the moment than. Having the potential to make an absolutely incredible blinding save, you don't want to throw silly points away. Rather than possibly, you know, sort of turn, you know, sort of no points into one point or one point into three points by the occasional blinding save. And Pickford this season has made more mistakes than he has made blinding saves. I would think he's cost us more points than he saved us. Put it that way. So you know, I would understand why Olson. Uh, would be preferred by you know Sam for a game you know this weekend and certainly Anfield you know given the focus on uh, on Jordan Pickford will be in that game obviously there'll be no crowd in there which is a, a major positive but you know certainly there'll still be scrutiny of him as a result of what happened in the first game and so you know Olsen's probably you know as sort I of said Carlo Ancelotti a difficult decision because to me he would be an obvious choice uh, for that one. So, you know, despite having defended Jordan Pickford for large portions of the season, I'm probably agreeing with Sam here. And I think that, you know, Olsen, where we are on the table at the moment, probably is the more reliable option because you just, you don't want any drama. I mean, funnily enough, when Leeds scored their goal, my initial thought was, could he have gone down a bit quicker to that? And I just think if Jordan Pickford had been in goal, that would have been the case because he's conceded other goals this season that have definitely been his fault. People look at items like that and think, well, hang on, could he have gone down a bit quicker for that? Because Olsen hasn't you know, made any blunders, he doesn't get that kind of scrutiny attached to him. So it's tough. It's a difficult balance act. And you know, clearly Carlo hasn't, you know, given up on Jordan Pickford at all. I think he's just taking him out of the limelight you know, every now and then. And you know, he's got a rib injury at the moment, so that's why he's not playing. But I just think at the moment where we are on the table, I think probably that little bit of calm reassurance is a bit more valuable to us than the the blinding excellence that Jordan Pickford can occasionally produce. Mm-hmm.
0: Gav, uh, you know, as I said, it's it's a it's it, it's a, a pointless d- d- discussion because Pickford is, is is injured, but I think people would still be interested to to know what you would have done because ultimately, you know, if Olsen has a good game again on on Saturday, there's there's a, there's a decision when you've got two fit goalkeepers, maybe for Spurs in the cup. You know, wh- where would you go with that if if that had been the case this weekend and Jordan was fit? Yeah, who would you, who would you have picked?
3: Uh, well, I, I, I said all along, I'm not a fan of rotating keepers at the start. Who's your best keeper? Best keeper at the moment? Holston, isn't it? We've yeah. seen him so far this season. Uh, you know, if you've watched Everton the last... If you landed from Planet Zog on last Friday, <laughs> uh, lots of people land from Planet Zog, obviously. And <laughs> I, think,
0: I think you have to quarantine in a hotel for 10 yeah, days. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> you know, watch the Newcastle game and watch the game last night. And said he was the better keeper. Yeah, who would you say? It would be quite obvious, wouldn't it? If you watch the two keepers, Olsen's played. There's a three Premier League game for us this season, like that. And watch the Jones games in that time. Who's the better keeper? You'd be saying Olsen, wouldn't you? Really? I mean, it's, it's, it's to me. It's, it's it, it, to me. There's a gap. I get. I get that Pickford. His ceiling of potential and performance is probably a little bit higher in single in single matches. Uh, as he showed in 2017-18 on occasions but he had to be busy but in, in, in terms of having you know perno said a calming influence you just wonders where the defense would rather have also behind them. The would, i know what i'd rather have as a sense defender mm. you mm. want you want calmness don't you you, want, you know and, and i just think I, i'm not saying Olsen's perfect and you've got you know the next level south all there but in terms of where we are up at the moment what we want to try and achieve. I think a bit stability at the back. Full stop is required. And I think that extends to the keeper. I, I really don't get Carlo. I can see why he's saying it. What he's saying is what he's thinking. is probably two completely different things here. <laughs> he's, probably, he's, probably, he's probably trying to keep Jordan in the game, he? in the conversation. By not saying, oh, well, is my number one from now on, Jordan. You know, because mm-hmm. given Jordan's temperament, and as we well know, maybe not the backs uh, that would be a difficult conversation, wouldn't it? Uh, I suspect I, I suspect some of that comes into it, Carlos thinking, this is good man management. Uh, but you've got to go with Olson, haven't you? I think for yeah. the time being we us regardless Jordan come back. I mean, just be thankful that if we went to imagine if we went to Anfield and, and in in a better world they'd be in a full house. But <laughs> I mean, mm. Anfield I mean, yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't be allowed that opportunity, would you? You know. But now Olsen all day for me, Phil, Yeah. The
0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Sam, Carlo after the game, obviously really impressive 2-1 win. After the game, repeating this this assertion that he's been surprised by Godfrey. In fact, I think he ramped it up to say he's been really, really surprised. (laughs) Um, Have you been surprised by Godfrey?
2: Yeah, in the sense that it's one of those transfers, wasn't it? That it was it was done on deadline day in the well, you say in the summer, was it like
0: October, yeah. November or something? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: so, and a player who's just been relegated, and you know, Everton Everton had got into that weird funk, hadn't he? Where you know, player, everyone we signed, I just started the human was terrible. But, you know, we had those years of Balassi and Classen, and it was just like it was a risk, wasn't it? A young man. Young defender as well, you know, it, it's tough at, at that age to to swap teams. A, a really kind of tough year mentally to to basically play centre-half in a team that gets beat pretty much every week. I think Norwich on the sly were one of the poorest Premier League teams in a long time. Um, But he's, he's just unbelievable. He's He's got it all, hasn't he? And I think it's weird the way it's played out that I think when he played, he played in the back three at Fulham, didn't he? And, and I think a few people were kind of lukewarm to him you know he, he did okay he didn't, I don't think anyone particularly played that well in that game um, and it, it was it was moving to left back that's given him that kind of uh, lease of life originally but the, the way he played at centre back the other night was was just sensational and um, every, everyone's loving him at the moment I don't think there's anyone out there now who um, isn't sure about him and I think he's absolutely nailed on uh, to be a future England regular and the way he's playing at the moment I think the only thing that will hold them back is that Ancelotti will rotate between now and the end of the season because I think Gareth Southgate could do worse than putting someone like him in his in his Euro squad because he can do it all. And you know there was that clip of him, wasn't there, running the ball out from the back, um, <laughs> which was just like it was like watching like when like your dad joins in when you're a kid, wasn't it? And he just like starts like steaming <laughs> past you, and then the ball kind of like got caught up in, in his feet, and you're like, oh, he's lost it. And then he just pulled out a crazy. Messi turn and carries on so he's just got a bit of everything at the moment and I think the great thing about him is that you know I know he obviously hasn't come through our academy or anything like that but usually when a young defender breaks into the team there's always that little bit of nervousness about them certainly defensively you know and even if you look at someone like Trent Alexander-Arnold who everyone says is potentially the best right back in the world people still have the doubts about him defensively but Godfrey is just absolutely rock solid he's a machine. He's one of the fastest players over five or six yards that I've seen at Everton in a long time. And, and he's just solid, And he? Even when you see those clips of him, boxing and that, you, you wouldn't mess with him. And, and, he's a, yeah. and he's a young lad. So a bit of everything for me. And I think right now for me, choosing Everton's back four is just impossible, isn't it? Because Holgate has done nothing wrong really except pick up a few unfortunately timed injuries. Godfrey is in... Boss form, mean in the form of his career. And now you see why we paid 25, 30 million for him. And Michael Keane, I think, is probably the most consistent centre back in the Premier League across the league this season. And and I'm, um, you know, one of the, the top five Premier Leagues and uh, one of the top five centre backs in the Premier League for me this season. So, mm-hmm. you know, fitting them into a back four where you've got Luka Dean at left back. Obviously, one of them now probably breathing down Seamus Coleman's neck to to get in at right back. So, interesting to see where where Carlo goes with that. But, yeah, very, very surprised, as Carlo said, by Ben Godfrey, but in the best possible way. I
0: think Carlo might have to start playing back six just to play them all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Sam mentions there... Yerry Mina and um, you know it did cross my mind. Apart from a slightly uh, chaotic 15 minute spell and start of the second half, you know all those headers he was winning. I was thinking, isn't it nicely time for Marcel Brands, that the second most expensive player he signed for the football club, is actually starting to look like a 27 and pound player? But Preno, you wanted to, um, you wanted to mention Sigurdsson.
1: Yeah, because I got involved in just a little bit of a debate uh, on, on Twitter with an Evertonian in the immediate aftermath of the game was uh, still reluctant to praise him, shall we say? Um, you know, we talked about uh, how the goal was only a tap in and how he went missing in the second half. Um, you know, when he was when we were backs to the wall, and we were looking for more you know defensive resilience, and I thought that was really harsh. To be honest, I mean, I, I thought he had a really good first half. It wasn't a tap-in, it was a great bit of movement and energy and intelligence to get into that position in the first place. And I know Luca Dean will get the praise for the cross because it was a sensational cross and so, so should Andre Gomez for the uh, the pre-assist. You know, that wonderful uh, you know, <laughs> so line, but it was still a really good run and tidy finish in the end. Obviously, he won't get the Actually, Guilfield got the pre-assist only for the uh, for the second goal because Ben Godfrey flicked it on. So, um, you know, he, he was influential with the set piece. But then I thought his general, you know, sort of breaking up playing in the second half was good. And I was quite interested to hear Carlo Ancelotti single him out in the press conference afterwards where he talked, or in the television interview afterwards, where he spoke about uh, him and about, you know, sort of the shift he'd pull in. So I just thought it was a really good performance from him. And you know, I know we can't indulge him by playing him as a number ten every week because James Rodriguez, for me, you know, is absolutely you know, a shoo-in for that position. You know, so when he's fully fit and available, uh, because you know, he just exudes so much quality. But it was just good to see you know, so Gilfy do what he does, and clearly it underlines that Carlo does like him and does rate him. And, um, you know, he made him skipper for the night, you know, which speaks volumes. I think the fact that, you know, he is capable of playing in various other positions is in his favour. Number 10 is clearly his best position. And I thought he showed that on Wednesday. I was just pleased to see a good performance from him. And he got talked up. I mean, as Gav mentioned in the commentary, they mentioned, you know, the transfer feed cost, but also, you know, so how it was a good performance from him. So, you know, while Ben Godfrey will get the plaudits while the defensive players, you know, people will talk about, and rightly so. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin back on the gold trail will get talked about. I think Guilfi deserves a bit of praise as well for that performance. Uh, I thought it was really good, really reassuring.
2: I think what what is showing through with, with Sigurdsson, I think I was surprised to other day to see, uh, there, was, there was an interview just published on the club website itself, of uh, and Sigurdsson kind of admitted, you know, this is the happiest I've ever been at Everton, which I felt was quite strong in a way that, you know, he is now he has kind of openly said that there's been times where he hasn't been too happy. And, and I think that's shone through in his performances and and certainly maybe last season. I think the difference this season, he just seems to have lost that little bit of... I don't know whether he was kind of last season kind of a bit like, why aren't I playing in a 10? That's my position, that's where I should be. And he's lost that little bit of of ego to understand his role in the team. But but what I like about him is that he... Okay, he, he might have burned his bridges with with some supporters and, and never win them back. But for me, I think that he's he's rolled up his sleeves and it's starting to show that he can put a bit of graft in and, and, and do the do the dirty work, you know, as well as then popping up with those late little runs into the box to score goals, which you know you, you've got to give him credit for. And it'll be good to see him turn in, you know, five or six of those performances and and do it consistently because you know when he does he's he's such a naturally quality footballer that he, he can elevate the entire team's performance.
0: Mm. Marcel Brands once said to me that uh, if it was up to him, the team would be made up of 10 outfield Gylfi Sigurdsons, but he appreciates you need, <laughs> he appreciates you need uh, a bit more of a, of a balance. Um, Gav, Carlo said afterwards, um, and again, as you said, sometimes what he says in public and, and sometimes what he's actually yeah. thinking is different. Um, he said Andre Gomez was the best player on the pitch.
3: Of course, Well, I'd say nobody played badly, did they, on either team on air Wednesday night? I thought Andre had a really good game. You know, good team to play against Leeds, if you like Andre. You know, they, you know, they they spread the game out, don't they? Yes. Uh, remarkably, you know. So there's lots of lots of space. Though, though they're best, there's lots of space, and that but will, you know, he will thrive in that type of environment. Um, and and he did. I mean, it was a one I mean, as you say, I mean, I don't want to say the word pre-assist because it's heresy, but I will mention the pre-assist. <laughs> but he's been involved in quite a few of our goals in the last few weeks, hasn't he? Three or four of them. He's either assisted or been there or thereabouts. It's good. That was a great cross, uh, not great, great goal for Lugadine. No, what goal that reminds me of? Um, and copy. Uh, Jalovic is a Sunderland in the FA Cup in 2012. Yeah,
1: we have a guy's cross, yeah. But, yes. uh,
3: yeah, yeah, pulled it across from a yeah. the same position to Demon. it. identical finish to a goofy. Uh Yeah, I thought I thought Gomez had a had a had a really good game. You know, on on and and Anthony you Faye. No, know, you know what I like about Gomez. Give, give him stick. Uh, I've never been a. You know, I've always told he's been a he tender to open. up suppose tends to overrate him since he joined, not since he had a injury, but. You know, he has shown his capability in the final third, which I always wanted him to in the last, in the last month. Um, his problem is if he plays deeper and, and the opposition have got, have got the ball. You give him the ball in the opposition half, and he's got space. He can be as effective as anyone. He's too full to isn't he, for a start, which is not really, not really apparent. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was tremendous, as, as with everyone else, in there, he just gives us an option there, doesn't he? Uh, Gomez it was a nice game for him, and and, and you know, well done to him. Um, great, great ball for the. Uh, not many players we've seen forever over the last ten or twenty years could have done a ball like that, by the way. Yes. To uh, to the, not with with the vision and stuff. Um, yeah, he was he was excellent. and and Carl was quite right to see him
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on before we look to United. Um, sort of final fifteen minutes of the pod. Preno Um. 36 points from 20 games, um, the best start to Premier League season since 13-14 under Roberto and, of course, you finish with 72. Um, what are we aiming for this season then?
1: Top four or top six? Oh, um, it, it's a strange season, isn't it? You know, As Gary Lineker so uh, pointedly told us on Wednesday night, so if you're coming back from Leeds, you won't have seen it, but uh, on Match of the Day, he said that um it's the first time we've won four Premier League away games or four top flight away games in succession since 1985, when they had a half decent striker up front, and then he <laughs> smiled and goes, Graham Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> which which was you know, which was fine. But you know, so to actually put a run together like that suggests that this side is capable of not special things, but very good things, you know, like like maybe. Squeezing into the top four uh, in a season that has been really, really strange, like this season has been. But for that to happen, we've got to show more consistency than we have been. We can't be losing at home to Leeds, to West Ham, you know, so at Newcastle, at Southampton, you know, the kind of dodgy performances that we have been throwing in after four or five good performances. So I think. Regardedly, I think, top six and a place in the Europa League. I mean, it's looking like we will qualify for Europe, but we don't want to be in this new third-tier competition, the, what is it, the Europa Conference? League conference. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it might prove to be a successful competition, but you can imagine the sneering and the, you know, sort of looking down your nose at that competition. Uh, you know, the Europa League is a fine competition, and yes, not, not a problem with qualifying for that. Uh, so, yeah, I think top six, that that is what we'd be looking for. But I don't want to go too far ahead of ourselves. We're still in a cup competition. and We've got a home draw against the Tottenham team. which are struggling at the moment. So, you know, the cup competition, if you're going to offer me Champions League, you know, uh, top six or an FA Cup victory, I'd go FA Cup all day long. Uh, but the way things stand at the moment, I think Europa League is a very, very realistic and should be an attainable target for us. Sam, same to you make thirty six points from twenty games. What should we be
0: uh, aiming for in the final uh, 18, uh, 18 matches?
2: Be quite exciting, wouldn't it, to to get in that new UEFA UH Conference League just to just to send, just to send you off to Azerbaijan for the some qualifier? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, Razombarok Riz- Riz- was uh, was interesting <laughs> enough.
2: Um, yeah, I think I think what Prano's saying isn't it that I think what we've now done is with that victory against Leeds is, is put ourselves back into contention of uh, of the Champions League. But you've, you've got to be realistic, haven't you? And say, considering when Marco Silva left last season, which obviously even that sounds mad, it feels like Marco Silva left now about 16 years ago. <laughs> um, the relegation was was still kind of something that people were talking. I don't think it was ever... a something that of, you know properly came into the thinking, but Carlos still had to kind of move us away from from that talk at least. So I'm mad from going from that at the end of last season, still some you know terrible days, wasn't it? I think that Wolves game towards the end of last season at Molyneux was one of the worst days of my life, I think watching that it was, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, so to to go from that to the Europa League and the performances that, you know, slowly but surely there's still, you know, those those little kind of Games, West Ham, Leeds, the two Newcastles, they're sticking in people's heads, and not they? you think, you know, what if we'd won them? What if we got a point there? Um, but yeah, as Perno said, the, the FA Cup would be the perfect kind of meet in the middle, wouldn't it? You know, e- ending that trophy route and, and getting back into Europe with the, uh, you know, hitting two birds with one stone. But anything for me, Europa League, Champions League, would just be total dream world wouldn't it I don't think you'd be you wouldn't be seeing me for a couple of weeks if we uh, <laughs> if we qualified for that but, uh, but definitely definitely take a, take a trophy as well so I think I think fifth I think after after my nan's house move again it was also telling me fifth.
0: Yeah <laughs> excellent <laughs> Gav Gav same to you mate what do you think uh
3: I think I think when my nan had that house move it was 1970 so hopefully when got the hit I'd buy your hands off the top six to be fair um, we, we may let's face it we're in the Europa League we may be in there with Liverpool might we uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, th- th- there's a good stat by the way <laughs> going off the subject a little bit uh, 21st of January 2017 was the last day when Everton won away when Liverpool lost their home. Mm-hmm. Guess yeah. who scored the home. guess who scored the winner for the to that field?
1: I can tell you that because I saw Chris Beasley tweet it this yeah, week
3: yeah yeah yeah, Guilford, yeah.
1: Wilson. Yeah.
3: Ah. yeah. Um, but you know, seriously top six, Phil. Um yeah. I said I said last week or last time we spoke about it, is we're a bit imbalanced at the moment because all our hard away games are all in the second half of the season. You know, we maybe traditionally don't get a result. But as we know this season is a bit different and has been shown with our, our away form, you know, we won at Leicester Wolves Leeds now, uh Spurs. Um, and you know we should and it's shown that the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, hopefully Man United, are all vulnerable at home with no supporters. And, and we, are, we do appear to be a team under Ancelotti. I think, basically, we outlined the rationale behind at the start because we are strong defensive and we've got options in defence. A team suited to playing away from home and the opposition come on to us. And that's why we struggled at home, I suspect, uh, against some of the, dare I say, lesser teams.
0: Mm. So,
3: top six I would take. No problem. Um, but it depends on the stack and a few results out of grounds, but usually
0: we, we get, get beat. Yeah. Carlo, of course, said a couple of weeks ago, I'm not afraid to defend. So, uh, there'll be plenty uh, plenty more set-ups t- to come. Um, okay, Preno, um, we played United twice or any the season, uh, and couldn't stuck twice, uh, scored once, and didn't look like scoring at all in the League Cup tie. Um, how do we turn that around tomorrow?
1: It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I was heartened by the fact that it's away from home, uh, and despite what United have just done in their last home game, they lost to Sheffield United at home in the game before that. You know, so they're inconsistent. You know, they're capable of tossing in a bad one, and we are capable of defending really, really well. And if we can produce the same level of intensity that we produced on Wednesday, and again, that worries me, are we capable of doing that only three days after we've just done it? And you can see, you know, the outpouring of joy and relief at the final. What's are from the Everton players? You know, people fall into the floor because they put so much into it. You're going to have to do that again on Saturday night to get a result at Manchester United. Are they capable of doing that? They're capable of doing it. But United have just got so much quality. And twice already this season, they've done jobs on us i mean that league cup game was it was harrowing really how much they, they battered us basically they were just like by far the better team you know so sort for of a lot lot of that game um so we're capable of doing this but it's going to take an absolute major major effort to do it and i'm, I'm hopeful uh, you know but for that to happen yeah we've got to you know defend as well as we defended on wednesday night Uh, The players that come back in, because they will, you know, so uh, Carlo will rotate, as he said. You know, James Rodriguez and Co. will have to come in and, you know, sort of show their quality. So, again, it'll be an intriguing one, you know, so it should be a good game to watch, hopefully. Uh, But it's going to be tough, you know, so I wouldn't go into it, you know, massively confident. But I said that before the game on Wednesday when Sam told me we were going to win our next two games. And I said, you know who we're playing in our next two games? So, you know, he's got the first one right. Why can't he get the second one right as well? So, yeah, it's it's, it's possible, but, you know, it, it's going to take a huge effort. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. it. It should be a good game. I just hope yeah. we do ourselves justice with the quality of yeah. performance again.
0: And just while we're with you then, a quick prediction, we'll, we'll, we'll kick that off now.
1: Uh, I've got faith in Sam, 2-1 away win. I think we're going to defend it really, really well again. A little bit of flash of quality from James Rodriguez. I know I'm being a little bit silly here and my heart's ruling me head, but no, I'm I'm going to go for it. It's a strange season, strange results, and our away form has been exceptional. So I, I think we're capable of doing it again, provided the referee and the VAR does their job, which they didn't do on Wednesday. I know we haven't gone into that and we won't go into it now, but that was a strange old decision there. You know, to say they looked at it and decided they weren't going to give a penalty because it was too high up the arm, it was under the buddy T-shirt line. So, I don't know, let's just forget about that. As long as everybody does their job on a Saturday night, including the officials, we're capable to on the toffees. Mm. Gav, I know you're uh, up against it
0: time-wise, so we'll, we'll go to you next. Um, yes. How do you think it's going to go and, and prediction? And... Uh, I'm, a
3: little bit of... I was checked this morning uh, when United beat F6-9-0. In 1995, we played them the week before and won. So, I'm hoping to sort of <laughs> having an, an adjacent fixture this time to United 9 0 history will release itself. So, we won 1 0 then, panel. You remember the, the Duncan Ferguson Indeed. stuff shit, and all that type of stuff. So, I've got to go with 1 0. Uh, I think the process of the playing teams away from home. I'm really looking forward to see Ben Godfrey play, hopefully play centre half against attackers with pace who really cause you issues, and that's a big test for him. haven't I been mean, built yeah. up this week. You know, we need to, another good performance on Saturday. Uh so 1-0 Everton, history repeats itself and uh you know, and, and onwards and
1: upwards. Well yeah, before you before you go, Gav, have we ever played Leeds and Manchester United back to back like that? We have because I can remember it, but it's going back a long, long time. Do you remember the results at the time? Oh we played <laughs> we, we played on Good Friday away at Newcastle. Oh yeah. And yeah. and one. We played yeah. Leeds on the Saturday, the very next day, and one two yeah. 2-0. And then went to Old Trafford on Easter Monday and won two-one. Bob Latchford scored in all three games. Gotta mention of him in there. There you go. We have played Leeds. So like, i am on them both.
3: The stars of the line and Phil already aren't. They?
0: Yeah. You
1: know, I'm, you not lose after this. Wow,
0: well, exactly. Yeah. Gav, if you need to disappear, mate, feel free, and we'll we'll carry on. But uh, thank you for your yeah, OK, Cheers.
3: Thanks,
0: thanks, Gav. Thanks,
3: everyone. Bye, Garv. Cheers.
0: Sam, so um, same to you, mate. How, how do you see it going? How do we change? How do we change the, the two previous results, and, and how do we get a victory? Uh, on Saturday evening.
2: I think what United done quite well good as soon as they came off the back didn't it of when we beat Chelsea and Arsenal kind of playing you know within ourselves defending deep and, and, and trying to get a goal you know on the break from, from set pieces which we done pretty well around that time but as Preno said uh, I think what impressed me there was, was United just dominated from start to finish and you know although at one point we did look like we were going to take it maybe to extra time and penalties I don't even think Ancelotti himself deep down, could have argued that they didn't deserve it. And, and a goal was always coming. There was, I think that first 10 or 15 minutes, I feel like it was <laughs> been about 9-0, couldn't it? It was, yes. uh, it was a mad one. But there's something in the water this season and there's something in the water at Man United to go from losing to Sheffield United. They were probably going to be, well, they were looking like they were going to probably be the, the worst Premier League team of all time. To them winning 9-0, it just shows you don't actually know what you're going to get for, from them, like pretty much every team in the Premier League this season. So as Pren, was saying there's the scope there for, for it to to align and for it to come good. But I think it would probably have to be more of a uh, Brian Oviedo style smashing grab. So I'll I'll go for the uh, I'll go for the cheeky one nil Josh King.
0: Wow, way off off the bench presumably, Josh King. I would take that. Make a yeah. clean sweep, Phil. I don't see it, but I don't see he's getting beat. I think, really? yeah, I th- I, we don't draw many games, but I think we might draw this one. Um, their home form, despite winning 9-0 last time, isn't great. They'll, you know, they'll obviously, uh, I would imagine we will allow them to a certain extent to have m- most of the ball, won't we? And But as Carlo said, we're comfortable defending deep, and I don't I don't see that changing. And, uh, yeah, as you said, though, the only thing, Prenno, that concerns me is the effort that was put in on Wednesday. Can can we replicate that? So, uh Fresh legs. James will come back in. Well, maybe we will see King. Who knows? But yeah. uh, I don't see us getting beat. I see his coming away with something and I think a draw will be uh, you know, satisfactory anyway. And, uh, and the momentum. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Gav's already disappeared. Sam Preno, thank you very much for your company and thank you very much for listening. Uh, Adam Jones and I at Old Trafford Saturday night. So follow us on the Echo for all the uh, post-match reaction, live updates, blog, analysis, you name it quotes from both managers as well and obviously into Sunday to so, uh, this has been the royal blue podcast
3: you've been listening to the royal blue podcast from the liverpool echo